episode 383 of Global From Asia, going up to the mountains in North Thailand, visiting a factory. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. What is up, everyone? Hi, my, my name is Faith. And I'm, again, I'm still your co-host here in Global From Asia podcast. And of course, we're here with the amazing Mike. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. Mm-hmm. Been a, a month now in Thailand, you know, and uh, yeah, we just saw just saw Andres again, our guest this week and feeling relaxed. You're also moving around here in Manila. Yes, right now in Manila, I'm just, you know, just enjoying my time here. It's a rainy season and, you know, there's a lot going on. Just what it, just just a quick unwind and relaxing would do for the week. There you go. Enjoy that. Enjoy exactly. that. And again, you know, after our podcast with Andres, I believe that we have learned a lot from him, from his strategies, his stories, background stories. You know, there's a lot going on. What do you think about our podcast? Yeah. Last time? I learned, you know, I that's it's kind of fun. What I like about hosting, I, I learned new things even about the guests. I've known them for years, like five, four years. And uh, I learned some things about him and some business things and history. So there's tons of packed information actually faith actually quite a few people listened to the last show really liked are curious about thailand are curious about business here opportunities so this is one where we're talking about factories he also shares about logistics and strategies so i'm excited ready to do this absolutely absolutely there's a lot and we've been getting a lot of comments right now mainly of thailand of course the cross-border summit and what's going on with that with our plan right now any updates about it sure sure i mean Again, we're first time to do it in Thailand. We tried to do it, but then COVID hit in 2020. So this will be a great one. We're talking to the Thai government. There's like a, a events department that supports events, especially international events. May on our team helped me get through to them. We had a quick call. I'm going to try to meet them. Just want their support, see what kind of opportunities we can do with them. But we're looking at February rough dates right now because we really want to get it going as soon as possible. I'm so excited for it, you know, get, have you involved to get some of our awesome people in our community here together. Absolutely. Everyone's excited about it. Of course, of course, you know, when it comes to it, our pandemic and everything, a lot has been declining and everything, but we are always moving forward and we want to make sure that this cross border summit will just move forward and we'll make it happen. We're going to do it. Negotiable. It's not it, negotiable. It's got to happen no matter <laughs> what. All right. We can. Then, oh, go ahead, go ahead. And I was even thinking, you know, uh, it was just a thought. We were doing a, uh, our interview with Andrews. You know, they were just backpackers in the past. True. I, I remember that with her wife. And now, as you can see, he is a successful seller now. And what do you think about that story? Anything that you want to relate yourself in or any kind of thoughts that you have about that? I think maybe after in the blah, blah, blah session, after the interview, we can share some of the, some more stories and uh, I'll share some of my insights after, after this amazing interview. Oh, I'm super excited about it. And also, of course, again, I believe that you were able to hang out with him. Yeah, we just yes, had there. some hot pot. Also, Don came out and some really cool people. Uh, and we're meeting again before he goes back to Phuket for lunch. So I'm excited for all of this. And uh, 
we can share some ideas we've already gotten since after the interview too after after this session we can we'll share together face for those curious i can share after the interview I'm super excited about it. I think that at this point, people would just love to hear what's about this interview that's going to stuck in their heads and mainly, of course, learn from, from Angie's journey when it comes to his brand now in Ekitai. And of course, just mainly you and him connecting more on his brand. And we'll love, we'll love forever. We'll love everyone to see and hear uh, about this one about Great. it. And let's tune in yeah let's do it awesome. all right and thank you to our sponsor our returning sponsor mercury.com online bank well it's a real bank but you can do it totally online for us our blimp program participants are going through this as well thank you mercury travis is great there he's been on our show he's been in our events we're gonna have another event where we will have them attending as well and if you want to get a little bonus for you and us if you sign up and do some special circumstances you can go to globalformasia.com slash mercury i also have a video tutorial that we use even for the blimp people I use the same exact video to learn how to use it i hope you can check it out totally free why not see you there hello everyone today we have a great treat for you and of course this kinds of podcast shows reminds us the reason why we even started here from global from asia at the beginning and also we learn from people on the ground in asia doing cross-border trade and e-commerce our guest is one of our business partners andrew who is our co-founder of akitai brand and his wife and he started while in Chiang Mai. We did this on-site at the factory. Not sure if we can call it a factory per se, but if you want to watch a blog, video blog on this, check it out in the video notes that we have here below. Hello, Andres, how are you? Hi, Faith, good to be here with you. How are you doing? You look great. Everything's good here. Very, very happy to see you with Mike there. How's everything, how's the weather there right now in Thailand? Yeah. It's been nonstop rain, to be honest, but always, always nice and humid. Yeah, always hot here. <laughs> it was. It starts to rain like around. You said like four or five p.m. It'll just almost like a like a snap your finger and it'll just like a switch turned on and it just starts heavy rain out of nowhere. It's like sunny and then just heavy rain. <laughs> Rainy season in Thailand. I think face dealing with typhoons, right? <laughs> Yeah, last time it was sig signal number five here in my location. It was so scary. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, well, but now again, super happy to have the both of you here, especially Andres that we have you now in the show. We get to know you and your brand as well. We'll get here right now. And of course, Andres, just to introduce you, like, I, I, I believe you're from Venezuela. How did you end up in Chiang Mai? So it's a long story, but going back 25 years as a backpacker, uh, I was about 23 at the time. On my, you know, I was traveling alone, and my wife today was traveling on her own too. So we both fell in love with Asia, and one of the things that really caught our attention was, you know, the craft, the level of craftsmanship, and yeah, just the quality of 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 the crafts and of the cl 
clothing and that was everything was handmade at the time uh, and we really fell in love with this and at some point maybe 10 years after that we had this opportunity we were living in Japan at the time uh, my wife was a student there and we she collected kimonos you know the traditional Japanese dress and we had a chance to display her kimono collection in a fair in Caracas in Venezuela and people like we were just opening the suitcases to put them up and everybody just wanted to buy them you know and then we just look at each other and go, whoa maybe maybe we could start a business with this so that's how it all started uh, we started basically collecting crafts and kimonos in japan selling them in venezuela really? bringing them you know in suitcases at the beginning and fast forward a few years maybe 10 years forward and we were shipping containers from all over asia because we like, you know, we discovered that not only Japan had really treasures, but Thailand, India, Indonesia, Vietnam. So we, every month we would come, every year we would come for about a month and just discover and explore a different country. And the reason why we ended up in Chiang Mai was because it was the easiest place to do business in Asia, you know, in our experience. And it was a safe place. It was fairly inexpensive and the variety and the level of the of the craftsmanship and the and the products was was amazing really so that's why you know in the end we chose to to move here once or well, we can talk about that forward i think later in our in the interview if you, if you want to know more but you know eventually we end uh, closed down our business in venezuela and we decided to move to thailand because it was for us the best place to live of all the ones we visited Awesome. Yeah, and it's still, I still, it's still, I still stand by that decision eight years later. Great. Yeah, I, I, wow. I learned some things just now. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. I mean, you've been, you were able to venture out, mainly not only Venezuela. You know, you have this potential, this mindset. I, I think we can make this as a business. We can make it there. And then you, you saw it here in Chiang Mai as a great opportunity to start everything up, right? Yeah, yeah. So after we, we closed down our business in Venezuela, which was a brick and mortar business, really, it was more like a distributor. You know, we were distributors of, cra of crafts to smaller shops and uh, we do trade shows there. Uh, when we moved here uh, in 2000, so that was eight years ago, that's 2014, we really didn't know what to do. So we started exploring. We never sold online before. And we started exploring what could we do with all this knowledge that we had. And uh, we tried to set up a website and it didn't work, work out. So we ended up with the Amazon business that we now have and that we can talk. Yeah, about, yeah, you know? well, this is awesome. Yeah. So that was that was more or less how, how we ended up here doing what we're doing and why we're here today in this factory. <laughs> it's really funny. We have a video version for people yeah. on the video and you can see and we're really here. There's people, there's like, yeah. Different people on a team right behind us taking these are beads behind us. <laughs> I showed face before, but they're they're like raw materials right in the, right here on the ground. Well, I can really say that as well. There's a lot of beads and going on. And again, I think people would want to learn more how you do the craft things and everything. And I mean we will get there. But just to ask you as well, how do you, how did you and your wife, of course, start Akitai? 
Yeah, so we started actually, you know, in the very beginning, it was, it was it, because it all started in Japan, as I told you. The the, the original name was Irashai, which Irashai means welcome in Japanese, uh, because we started the, the business there. And, and the Venezuelan, let's say the Venezuelan people went crazy about the Japanese crafts. It was it was originally uh, focused around Japan and the brand was Japanese name was a Japanese name. Once we started expanding, because Japanese crafts and, and, and the products in Japan in general are more expensive, and as the economy in Venezuela went down and people had less uh, cash really to buy, to buy you know, more expensive products or crafts, then we started traveling to India, to Thailand, and then we started you know, thinking that we wanted to change the name of the brand because it was not really focused in Japan anymore. And Akita is actually the name of a shell in uh, in in japan what this this shell that it's uh, it's like it looks like a cone that's that's uh, that's mm -hmm. called akitai but then it has the ending of thai which refers to thailand so to a certain extent it evokes uh, thailand and my wife is called raki so you know it's almost like raki in thailand but it's japanese so anyways and our friends like it and they thought that it was a cool name for a brand so yeah in the end that's how that's how the name came into into fruition but as for the brand well you know once we uh, decided that we wanted an amazon business we we do you know we did started thinking more seriously about about looking to building a brand and finding the right name etc and then you know eventually we registered the brand and now and we have a concept and you know thanks we're to our partnership now there is a vision behind it so that's yeah that's more i don't know if i answered your question i hope i did that's more or less how it came to life yeah. that sounds great do you want to add something up mike since i believe so that you're also doing amazon yeah i mean well I, i've been i've been with andres you know for a couple of days now and i'm getting some good tips on tidbits about the story even on our interview right now i didn't i didn't know well, it's great it's yeah, great the name yeah. and the story it's, but we had talked about we've been chatting because you know even even people ask me how do you make a brand right how do yeah. we've had a couple conversations in the last couple of days but it's that that's a really i like this it's like a unique name right it has a little bit of it has a few different relationships about your wife's name you know it has a meaning of the shell i think even in the logo doesn't that have I know it's a flower, but I feel like there's a shell. Originally, it was going to be a shell. It was I going to be that shell. Like yeah. But yeah, but eventually it changed. It turned a little bit more into a flowery brand. So that's why you see the flowers all over the place. Uh, what else can I say? Yeah, so I, I think I think the fact that since we started, we really wanted to build a brand and not just sell products. And this is something that I remember yeah, in the first about. meetups where we where we met because we met in, in Chiang Mai in, yeah. in the in the Amazon meetups here. And you know, I, I remember most of the guys that or, or, or girls that show up, they, they had this idea of selling one product, but I really always wanted to build something beyond one product because then that's where the value is in the long term, you know. So yes, it takes longer, it takes more effort and everything, but hopefully you, you will see the rewards over time, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. the idea. Yeah. I think that gets into one of upcoming questions, right? Faith, I'm pretty excited. Me too, me too. But this is I think so. This is the best question that we have since that a lot of people might be asking how did you and Mike meet? <laughs> so I don't know if it was you who started the meetups. I can't. Yeah, I wish I could say I started, but 
they were uh, it was a, co a common friend that had been doing those already so, so at, that t at the time you know before COVID I guess we're talking about 2018 or something yeah, Chiang Mai in the north of Thailand was like a hot place for, for travelers for digital nomads backpackers you know young people and everybody was there and, and someone came up with these meetups of Amazon sellers and I mean Mike was already a, a successful guy and you know he had a lot of experience all, all by then and wow well, you know no, I, I think they, they passed it off to the, the guy running it left Chiang Mai or got burnt out and he was saying it's open source people can just host these meetups yeah. Yeah, it was at Hub 53 co-working yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. and yeah so I would be a regular organizer in Ivan yeah so in the end I was struggling you know how to learn how to sell online because I never had that experience and I was mind you I was above 40 so it wasn't that easy for me <laughs> <laughs> and so I would go to these meetings and Mike was always really willing to help everyone really so I guess we we kind of clicked at that point yeah. and and I, I hope that Mike realized that I was not really willing to quit this thing that easily yeah, he's so, so in the end we, we've stuck to, to the original project and we've gone through problems ups and downs but I think by now we, 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 we can talk about yeah, that later but anyways those meetups really opened my mind to the possibilities that Amazon really offered and that there were all these tools and all these people doing this you know that I was not crazy to come up with this idea and that a lot of other people were doing well so here we are you know we're still we're still on the on the path five years five yeah. years after yeah and then covid i was in china and then we were we were chatting and yeah we we evolved over time our relationship and the team like you know faith knows our team uh, you know but a lot of people just know like you know the, the show the hosts like faith or i or some of the others and team like aubrey but uh, yeah we have a great team and it's it's been really great to work together and to we want to scale because we want to scale the brand we, so we believe in the in brand. the early stages i would just come out to mike in the meetups and ask him questions and stuff and then later i i mean we hired one of the company for a consultancy and after a few ups and downs eventually you know mike accepted the possibility of considering a partnership because you know the business obviously has potential but you need a team you know once you start growing you need a team and i was doing this thing with my wife first and then solo you know Know, like my wife left she was just too busy with a full-time job so she's like no no you know you do that if you want to keep it and so then you know this is why this working together now with mike and, and all of you guys it's really given the you know some a lot of oxygen to to this small <laughs> venture yeah yeah and even today like the last few days we've been here on site we've been really working on scaling adding new products increase the packaging some different marketing initiatives and things so it's exciting times which we can talk about more absolutely super excited and of course the team are i mean are always ready to help you venture out and help you promote every single thing and we are very happy that we get to work with you as well and i believe and also yes amazon is a good one for you i believe that you're doing more success on that with the help of mike as well and again hearing that you're doing partnerships and everything well, it's always a good news for everyone. But I think I would love to ask as well, how did you how did you find the factory that you are in now? 
Yeah, so well, after coming to Asia for for really decades, you know, and going all over the place to all kinds of factories, and then having moved here uh, eight years ago, it's you know, it's not that complicated really to jump on a rent a car or whatever if you we or you have a car and then drive and then look for you know who is the manufacturer behind. Uh, these bags that, that you know they are sold in that market but you never been to the factory because it was too far away from ba- from the Bangkok market or something once you live here you eventually can you know take the time to explore to uh, ask the, the the people that do the retail in the markets and eventually they will share with you who is manufacturing because they see that at some point they can't really supply what you're looking for and they probably your friends after so many years of buying little quantities from them and you you know some so people eventually help help you out and this is how we ended up here and also finding how they make certain indigo dyes you know in all other remote areas of thailand or the Hmong silver jewelry, which is also very famous. So there, you know, there's there's a lot of crafts and a lot of smaller factories spread throughout uh, northern Thailand that anybody would be surprised to even consider that they exist where they are located. But you know, with time and effort, you eventually make it. Yeah. So and it's been, you know, we've been working together with this factory for at least seven seven years or so. Yeah. So yeah, they're friends now. Well, that's a pretty long time. And I think, well, that's where we build everything. We build an empire. Like, you know, I totally understand that. And at the same time, you get the hang of this factory that you're in now. It's, it, get, it, gets, it gives you a bigger value every single time. But, you know, um, of course, there's a lot of comparisons a lot of times. Why not a Chinese factory? And many, many byproducts from China, we know that. And what, what, what's, what, what's the reason you picked and as well as stuck in Thailand factories? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, and actually a question that a lot of people yeah, ask. Yeah, I mean, they ask. <laughs> uh, so so yeah. the, the, there, are two, there are two main reasons, I would say. The, the first reason is that once you start, let's say, going to the meetups that we had in Chiang Mai with the Amazon sellers, you start hearing stories about, you know, factories copying the products of the sellers or employees of the factories that actually were replicating whatever you were selling. So we wanted to stay away from that possibility to minimize it as much as possible. That was one reason. And the other reason, which I think is really more important, is that we always wanted to contribute to the artisans, you know, that made all these products. Most of the products that we always sold are handmade or made in very small factories or family-owned factories. And we never really wanted to substitute that by industrial China because it's just, you know, the vision behind this is to contribute to to that, to the handmade products, to the families that make these products. That was always part of the idea. And that's one of the reasons why we also stuck to to Thailand. I I would say that the the final reason was that after COVID, it was very hard to to work with Chinese factories because I, I, you know, I I am am related to Chinese manufacturing in another job that I do. And I know how hard and how expensive it was to get products out of China during COVID and even now right because now still there is a zero covid policy and a lot of factories are not back to work so once that happened and we saw what was the the policy of the chinese government 
that sort of confirmed that it was a good idea to remain producing here. You know, we have already an established relationship with many of our suppliers for many years. We consider some of them our friends and we want to support them. You know, it's just as the same way they have supported us. So that's, yeah, that's that's the reason. Yeah, and I, I can add, like, it's part of the brand. You know, we it says made in, made in Thailand. I think even the feeling of the brand style, right? And actually, when I've been here, it's my first time here at the factory. And we've been doing some video, which you mentioned. People can watch the video clips. We'll put on show notes. But it's it's women run. It's women owned, women run here. And they're it's like supporting the whole not the whole, I want to say the whole area, but supporting, actually, they, they've distributed the work to homes. Mm-hmm. Actually, Faith, I think you would like it. They, it's kind of like a cooperative style. Yeah. To a certain extent. Yeah. So they, they sometimes women will come to, the, to this factory and they're producing it at their homes. And then they'll take the finished goods back here to be checked and paid, I think. I'm not exactly sure, but they yeah. bring it back here and they say, I finished these necklaces. Okay, how many? Yes, okay, confirmed, you know, pay. It's really a cool thing to see and i think it's like we talked earlier about branding and, and vision that's part of the brand yeah and, and, and i have to say it's not the only factory that works this way you know we, we we have worked before in the past with bag manufacturers and this is the way they run it you know they'll take it to a village they will distribute it among the villagers then they bring the the finished goods to to whoever is doing the you're dealing with and they and that's how they produce so you know the whole not the whole village but many people in a village can get involved thanks thanks to this and you know it's it's obviously an extra income that that they rely on and they can do it at home look after their children uh, be with be with the children at home so you know there are many good aspects to it and we want to contribute to that yeah it's really fun it's pretty great there's a lot of opportunities especially for for example moms and everything and again having to hear from mike i mean female well as you can see there's a lot of things that's happening and they're helping you as well with your brand but of course i think there's a lot going on through the or seven years that they're in the factory how is the brand and business evolved for you right now do we want to squeeze in that some of those hard school of hard knocks about legal <laughs> i i know we were prepping for this a little bit and faith we, it's not in our show notes maybe we just hit that you want to hit that first yeah, so, uh, well, as I, I'll give the intro and then Mike can add, but uh, as I explained before, this was pretty much like a brick and mortar, you know, business in the beginning. Once we moved into Thailand, we decided to make it an online business. Then after trying a few things like websites, Etsy, blah, 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 we narrowed down to, uh, to Amazon because it was really less labor intensive on us as solopreneurs and eventually we we got you know i have to say i got stuck i got to a place where for multiple reasons i just couldn't really move forward one of those reasons was that we got sued for trademark uh, violations in the states so you know after reaching a six-figure turnover which was good in 2020 you know and then i had hopes like okay now is the time to scale up uh, we got really hammered by yeah. this lawsuit and that was when i started i was yeah, starting we to working. work with 
with Michael, yeah, you know, and, and and then I was like, Michael, man, I you know, I can't hire you anymore, your services, because I have to deal with this lawsuit. It, it, it didn't cost that much in terms of money, but it froze our Amazon account. You know, we couldn't withdraw money for several months, I think like half a year. So that means that, well, should I keep sending inventory? To the to Amazon, you know, I don't know when this is gonna be over, and I have to pay lawyers and I have to pay this. Well, in the end, you know, we managed to survive. Let's say the the business was badly wounded, you know, in in 2021, and we had to basically wait for Christmas to sort of recover, and then I reach out for Mike, yeah. like Mike. Now it's the time, you know, are you guys really willing to to work together? Let's let's now scale up. Here are the numbers. You can see that the product sale, uh, but we need help marketing because it's too much work and, and there are risks right involved. So we had a struggle through COVID, through with supply chain issues, lack of materials, then lawsuits. Uh, so now I think we are at a stage where I guess we have matured by, by force kind of thing and and we know you know where to go where not to go and what's what works so i think now we we, we sort of team together because we know that we can scale this thing with the experiences we've had in the past and the knowledge and the team you guys have so yeah yeah, well, yeah i mean just just to like add a little bit of learning from the lawyer stuff you know Am amazon it's, it's not just with this case actually a lot of lawyers they're running uh, i think it's ai or bots across amazon there might be Maybe there's some lawyers podcast where they teach them how to do that that we don't we don't know about. But they they hit other other friends and people in our community have been hit too, where they look for like sensitive keywords or even images that are copyrighted by these. It's not even really the, the original certain corporations, corporations that own the trademarks. They own yeah. like famous people's names. They own old trademarks or old keywords, and then they just they just sue. They freeze your Amazon account and sue you, and they go across, we don't know, like tens, hundreds, hundreds of, of sellers. sellers yeah. And then they just hit you up for money, and they don't let you get your Amazon account back until you pay them. Yeah, It's crazy. And uh, it's happened quite a few times yeah. in, in my experience with people. So, yeah, that was really horrible. And sometimes, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's part of the dangers, I think, of, you know, Web2. We talk about crypto. Actually, Andres likes crypto too, and what Web three represents because Web two is like it's too centrally controlled. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but but yeah, I mean there there are these maybe there's some true cases where it's needed, but I feel like a lot of times this stuff's overdone and it hurts business small business owners like us. Yeah, uh, so we do have to do the we know we did research actually when we. Uh, sold whatever we sold. We have done some preview preliminary research on trademarks and copyrights, but I guess reality in the end showed that uh, you can omit things, make mistakes, and eventually they can come back to you. And this is what happened to us. You know, it was not on purpose at all. Yeah. But once once your account is frozen, you have to negotiate. You have to go through the whole grinding thing of a lawsuit. And and well, I guess some sellers will abandon their listings or lose whatever they have. But we really didn't. You know, we have put enough effort on this that we don't want to. We don't. We we were not willing to just give it away. So you know, it was a hard time. But now here we are with uh, new hopes for the future. Yeah, I think I think the lesson is also you can negotiate. You know, you yeah. can negotiate with the lawyers. They're just probably just trying to milk, get as much money for their clients across as many accounts as they can. So, 
you know, just some tips for some other sellers or people listening. You can get. Don't be shy to negotiate yeah, don't, don't, for sure. I mean, don't be, be shy, honest yeah. about what you earn and what you can afford to pay based on what you have sold that product, you know, because they can come up with ridiculous amounts and that will scare you. But once you show them, listen, I, I sold this product for, you know, six months and this is how much I sold. How can I afford to pay you what you're asking? They, at least in the experience we have, they are willing to negotiate and accept a fairer compensation, a lower compensation for, yep. for, for the infringement. And the last part of this point is, it's not just words, it's, it's the images. So they, they, you know, sometimes people just download a Google image. Sometimes it's not even, actually, I don't think it was Andres. Obviously, it wasn't Andres himself. It's sometimes people on, hopefully it's never our team. Or page. designers. The yeah. designer, yeah. the person on Upwork, on Fiverr. Yeah, correct. You pay them mm-hmm. 10 bucks to make this design. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to defend copyright infringement or trademark infringement, but you just got to be very careful. You know, I, I beg our team often, please just, don't try to save money on using like a paid photo website or, you know, yeah. also don't be lazy. Don't go to Google. I know it's easy to go to Google images, but don't use the Google image on, especially an Amazon listing, a product listing or a product itself. Some people actually did that in the product itself. They put images and these, these AI now can, can find this stuff, especially in Amazon. So just, just be careful, you know, and don't cut corners, you know, or, somehow try to make sure your team knows to not do this either because they don't know they might not know yeah so to recap to recap we went from a personal seller account to a professional seller account to a registered registered brand to a brand store and now you know we have a website so it's really cool to see you know how it's evolved over time and uh and what is more to come hopefully right yeah. Exactly. I'm super happy to hear that although that you were able to, you know, face the situations. Again, this could be a great um, building journey for you as an entrepreneur, mainly, and also for the ones uh, that for, for our listeners and viewers that uh, does Amazon as well. Well, this is a great inspiration. Everyone, just do your very best and everything will just prosper over time. And of course, I want to tap into the logistics from Thailand. And what is the way you are fulfill, fulfilling the orders, uh, sending to Amazon FBA, ARC? Well, we'd love to learn the process and just to get any pointers from you. So at the beginning, uh, we were doing our own fulfillment. And I remember I was going to the post office very often. <laughs> you know, I had, a, I had a job and we would do the packing in the morning, then stop in the post office. Then sometimes we go at lunchtime to my house to pack and then we stopped to the post office at the post office again so we did that for a few months and then we obviously realized that number one it was like exhausting number two it wasn't the best for customers because customers are used to fulfill by amazon and they can get their one day shipment or i don't know if it's same day today so then we started shifting to we shifted to F, amazon fba and yeah for, so it's not really that complicated because the good thing in our specific industry is that we deal with small products so that means we can put hundreds of items or thousands of items in a box which lowers the price per unit you know the shipping cost per unit and so we just ship by air you know we just ship by air so here here mike's gonna show yeah i mean i know it's actually still a lot of people listen to the show but if you're watching this is uh packaging yeah so you know that Uh, that, that is uh so it's like a bulk yeah 
So this is where it goes and then it, it opens up and you can, so you put this, the necklace or actually for right now it's, it's uh, earring, earrings, earrings and bracelets. Uh, We're working on necklaces now and some other. But try to use the same packaging is a good tip. Yeah, so you know that the, we, we've managed to basically make our own boxes here, broker a deal with a courier like DHL or FedEx or whatever you, you have nearby. And, and usually if you work at least for, with small boxes or packaging, it's not that as expensive as, as people would imagine uh, shipping by air. And we've been doing it for five years and we ship pretty much on a weekly basis and so far it's working yeah and ag again if we go back to the you know to the the, um, the analysis over COVID times and everything it was actually very good because shipping by sea became so expensive that is it wasn't even worth it I think considering at some point so we just stuck to our air shipments and we continue to work like that yeah yeah. Well, super happy that everything's working well with you now when it comes to air shipment. Well, of course, there's some upgrades that we are making, building off Amazon content, investing in storefront branding. We want to hear your growth strategy. If you want to start, I could add some points. Yeah. So, I mean, thanks to our partnership, now we have, we're more active in social media, something that, you know, we just, we just really didn't do that much because it was too much really for one or two pe uh, people to handle it all. all. So that's uh, that and that is helping, of course, drive, drive traffic to the listings, right, in Amazon. Also building the website, which we did with, I mean, we did have a Shopify store, but now it's, it looks a lot better with a professional team of designers and marketers behind it. And that also obviously adds to the traffic that we're receiving and the sales increase in, in our Amazon listings. What else can we say? I mean, now? I mean you yeah, have I mean, a lot so more we did like when we came to this uh, factory, you know, I guess we can say some names. Uh, Faith Note, actually, we love Faith. Still new, she. I'd love her to give us some tips. She's great at social media marketing. I don't think she's gotten yet involved with Akatai, but uh, mm -hmm. Anne, Anne, our marketing manager, she did some product research. Yeah. You know, we, we made a lot of product research before we came to the factory. We made photos. We got keywords. We came up with a whole new, couple new product lines that we want to add. We're working on improving the, the work, the shipping flow, maybe. We're talking about that. Yeah, and, and no, it's going to be super interesting to see, for example, that, you know, what's the difference between launching a product when I did it basically on my own and just to, for everybody here who is listening, you know, some of the products made me lose money they never sold and obviously you keep over time whatever works better but now I'm really interested to see how it's going to be the launch of the new products with with this infrastructure in place right because uh, I, I am excited to I'm really excited to see how this is gonna work now so it's, it's different right if you have a website yeah. if you have social media then if you don't yeah so we're building yeah. out the email so list that's email list too which is getting there and yeah, social media, it's a lot. There's a lot to it here. Yeah, <laughs> Man, there's never, they sees it too behind the scenes. So there's a lot to it. But yeah, I'm excited as well. To, and also going into the fourth quarter and we're trying to get some new products in. in so we, I know we have a blog and there is content that is being published yeah. and there are emails that are sent. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of activity now uh, happening. So, you know, I'm very happy about it <laughs> to see that it's picking up after so many years. Uh, Yes, I agree, I agree. And of course, again, marketing branding plays a big role in different businesses, especially for Amazon listings and everything. We totally agree. 
And of course, not only that, the reason why we are doing all of this, we want to give value to the customers who is buying our products. What do we get? What do we what do they get from your product? You know, something interesting and everything. We just want to make sure that we put you out in the best way possible. Of course, it's all only like that. And of course, of course, I want to tap in as well. What are some of the advantages of you working in Thailand? I mean, I could I could take some of that. I yeah. mean, we covered a little bit throughout the show, but like the, the shipping, there is some advantage of doing small air shipments here compared to to China. Uh, ocean's not as nice though. Oh, luckily, we're not doing ocean right now. But I do feel like the creativity. You know, I don't think I've been to Chinese factories. You know, I just came from China, and we're so surprised. We came here. We had some ideas, some concepts. They're making samples right on the spot. They're innovating. They're, yeah. You know, I think Thai people are are very uh, creative. Yeah, I mean that's a very good point, man. That's a really good point, and I was not going to say that. I mean, I I can only say that at least in our experience, they're very focus about how to satisfy you as a as a customer you know they're very generally speaking our experience here has been that they're they're quite friendly and they want to really work hard to make you feel that you're getting you know what you're paying for um, I think it's a stable country you know and this uh, from from many points of view like and also there is one thing that is actually very positive that uh, uh, you know, now with the strength of the U.S. dollar, if you sell in the U.S. market and you sell in dollars and you're buying in Thai baht, then that is a, that is very helpful for for smaller businesses. You know, because the, the exchange rate really works out in your favor. Uh, there are other things, like for example, from a visa point of view, it's not that complicated um, compared to other countries to get a visa or to stay here legally. And the last thing that I would say is that there, there has been, since I live here, a little inflation. And the inflation that I have seen has been mostly in the last year because of the global phenomenon, right? Uh, where energy shortages, so the gas is going up and the food prices are gone up. But really, in, in 20 years that I've been coming to this country, it's the first time, maybe the last couple of years, is when I've seen the prices go up. Uh, so you know, there, I guess that's uh, that's quite a long list of, of pluses for for being here. You know, but then also Mike talked about the creativity, which you know I haven't thought about it compared to China because I don't manufacture that much in China. But yeah, it's true. I mean, at least he's, yeah. he's seen it. First I mean, they're making here. a spec sheet. Yeah. I think you'll see in our video clip. They'll they actually uh, take the measurements. They're making like a blueprint. I, I don't know. I just. Just feel like again. I have Chinese friends. My wife is Chinese. I don't. I don't want to offend Chinese people, but um, they usually need a little bit more. You got to give them every single spec and outline and detail of what you want. Where I've noticed here, they're they're making really positive suggestions on the product. Well, yep. I think uh, as I can see, both of you are really enjoying uh, doing business there in Thailand. And I believe so. Our listeners and also viewers will love to see a video tour at your factory. Well, we'll link it here in this video, and I hope everyone will enjoy what's really happening behind the scenes in your factory for Akitai. Sure, sure. Yeah, we had a full couple of days here, so uh, you know we. Actually, Andres drove. I didn't drive. He drives. I should drive. My wife drives. I don't. But yeah, we have we you know take you from the drive from the airport where he came from Phuket, and we drove up here four hours, and then the the views and some of the pit stops, and then we show yeah we really 
we're trying to be so open. I know Amazon sellers are nervous to show, but we want we, we, we want to show you what we're doing. And it's been expect. You know, it's a beautiful drive to come up here. It's a pleasure, you know, to travel in this country. So that's uh, that's another reason why I love to just try to build everything I can here. Because if I have to drive four hours to the north or to the south or to the south, I know the landscape is amazing, the food is amazing, and for the most part, the people can really be amazing too. Yeah, the only difficulty, the language, but fortunately, many Thais speak decent level of English, so, you know, we do business in English here. It's pretty great. Well, um, I believe people will be very excited to see what more you can do in your brand. And of course, with partnership with Mike, well, we'll surely help you every single time that we need to. And if you need our help, we'll always help you just put your brand out there and making more big success and your business for Akita. Thank you very much, yeah, Faith. Thanks, really, Faith. really thankful so, to see what comes out. Great. Yeah. Soon. What comes out. Absolutely. Soon. Everyone's working All right. for it. Thank <laughs> you. Cup and cup, cup like they say here. <laughs> okay, that's a wrap. That was fun. Wow. I know, Faith, I have a lot of fun having you uh, with us on the show. Thanks again. It's, it's cool and, uh, you know, get some new energy here. Absolutely. I'm so happy during this interview with Andrews. We were learning a lot. And honestly, when it comes about hearing his journey, how he ventured the business era, just all about it was all in a simple crafting, simple passion and making it into a bigger story, bigger picture. And look where he is, uh, where he's at now. And I think at this point, he would just love to share how to get there, be a coach, be a mentor to everyone as well, or anyone could be really be inspired about his story, I believe. So what do you think? For sure. I mean, like you said, it was backpackers. They found their passion. They, you know, what I always say is people, he took action, you know, like starting small, starting with something he liked to do, working with his wife, building out, building it out trying offline, right? He had stores in Venezuela, his home country, he was buying from Japan, kept evolving, found a place, maybe found Thailand was more suitable for him and kept on shipping away. And, and uh, you know, also hasn't, hasn't given up. There's been a few obstacles like we shared about, but, you know, that's what separates, I think, success from not is, is continuing to check in, continuing to, to keep on shipping away. And then you build out this empire like, like uh, Andres has done. Yeah, that's totally, I totally agree on that area. And I think a lot of our viewers, just in my opinion, a lot of our viewers and even listeners, I really want to tap into a more, a more detail, more information that you will be able to give them advice on when it comes to choosing Thailand factories. Any more inputs that you want to give in? Sure. I'm kind of still new to that. Honestly, we're working I don't even know if you know Faith, we're doing so many things, but May on our team, well, maybe we'll have her share sometimes. She's local Thai. We found a database of factories and from the government, there's government databases and we've been cleaning it up. But she's even been telling me, you know, a lot of times Thailand factories don't want to register publicly as a factory because of different taxes. <laughs> they, they register as a different type of company or this is different. But for me, I usually look for relationships. Also like Andres, it was he through referrals, through connections. I mean, obviously it's hard if you're not here for those kind of things, but also just going to the trade markets. There's some small markets. I actually, we want to do some more like even business trips. Some, some uh, maybe we can do a smaller trip where people can go with us potentially and see these factories, uh, booths 
in different parts a lot in Bangkok. But actually, my favorite hack phase, I don't like to share it too much. I usually do these in paid workshops. But yeah. uh, you can reverse engineer your competitors if they import into the U.S. Yeah. They, the U.S. since September 11th, Patriot Act, they have to declare publicly their uh, import and exporter of records. Yeah. So if you find a competitor that you like their products, there's tools that show who they bought from. So you can, <laughs> yeah. Import Genius is one. I'm dropping some really valuable. You need to <laughs> take note, everyone. This yeah. is a good deal for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is usually something I do on consulting or workshops. But yeah, then then you actually, that's how I found one of the factories in Thailand. I actually, I didn't even know they bought from Thailand. I thought that the competitor was buying from China. Wow. It led me to Thailand back in 2011 or so. So sometimes you can reverse engineer your competitors, rather than just starting from scratch on a trade uh, website in Asia, you could start from your competitors looking up the import export records in, in US databases. So there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of little tricks. Techniques, and- I think so. Yeah. And again, it would always be something when it comes to business work smarter. I believe so. We totally agree on exactly. that. And of course, I think of course, when it comes to logistics as well, Allah will be asking why Thailand, what, uh, what brings Thailand into a brighter picture in your eyes, just to pick when it comes to logistics, what are your inputs about this? Yeah. Well, I don't even know if Andres would say it got lucky maybe during COVID because it wasn't as strict of a lockdowns or long of a lockdowns as in China. So that actually became an advantage, but actually China is still better in logistics because there's higher volume. I think as Thailand, you know, Philippines, other Southeast Asia countries, Vietnam, as volume picks up in Southeast Asia, prices will come down. So I I can't really say there's huge advantages of logistics in Thailand, but there is, of course, less potential risks of lockdowns now, especially. And there's also, you know, it's more concentrated in the South, although in China, a lot is in the South, but it's also spread out in Ningbo and in the center and even a little bit in the north so you can have most of your most of your logistics is in the bangkok hub and of course uh, you were able to tell me all also about the lockdown how's the lockdown situation there in thailand right now how's that look i mean i'm not there i don't think there's any right now i'm not sure about in philippines but so far right now there there's nothing yeah i don't i don't I don't know about you. Do you wear a mask mm-hmm. outside? I, I, a lot of the Thai we people wear masks. Wear it. <laughs> you still I wear one? Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess it's safe. Um, experience the time that everyone wears PPE. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing fencing. It's so funny. Everyone, it is. Everyone was using that, especially when it comes to hospitals and everything. It was pretty, pretty massive. Pretty massive when it comes to that area. But happy that at this point right now, you are not, you're now doing well when it comes to the COVID situation. And I think uh, when it comes to this part, there's a lot more coming in. Do you, do you, do you have anything more that you want to share everyone that uh, they might be wanting to hear from you very, very soon? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think we'll have more, we're we're maybe going to try to do the show more often now, you know, now, but there's a lot of more content about, you know, Southeast Asia and and factories, you know, there's there's huge stuff happening. I hope to get to Bangkok maybe in a week or two. There's some some pretty cool people we'll meet, we'll try to interview, but lots more to come. So as always, subscribe and stay <laughs> tuned for more updates.
That's exactly the main point. And how is how, what is the feeling doing the video tour in his factory in Address Factory in Appy Thai? Was it fun? A lot yeah. to learn. <laughs> well, it's it's really nice. The the owner there. There's a couple of local Thai uh, w- women, and they're very very accommodating. I don't know if I really want to say, but they let us stay at the factory. We stayed in a spare room. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we were willing to stay in a hotel. Obviously, prices, especially far out, is not 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 the amount. But it was more about the hospitability, hospitability. Even I'm messing that word up. But very hospitable. <laughs> and yeah. man, we didn't know we ate ate at their factory every day. Like the, actually, if people check out Mike's blog, my my personal video blog, I did yeah. behind the scenes, and the fish was like as big as my two hands, like, like here. And it was very good and very healthy. And they're also so really polite and, but also having fun. You know, there's parrots, there was parrots there. There were dogs running around. There was kids coming in and out after school. And it was fun. I I enjoyed it. They're really nice people. Yeah, we were seeing a lot of things as well. And, and I hope everyone will love to view that as well. The tour that we have in the Akitai factory. And again, there's a lot of feeds. There's a lot of everything. Everyone was just working there. Just everything, right? And at this point, I know everyone would be very curious to also get to know more about Andres. Well, you know where to catch Andres. You know his brand. And of course, let's support his brand. And it would be a great help with him as well. And of course, that's with sense that we are working with Andres. Well, we are just here to help you, Andres. And we are excited for more business ventures with you. I love it. Yeah, he's super cool. I hope you can meet them soon. I'm yeah, at the event. That's my favorite part about events is we bring everybody together. Andres is excited to come. He, you know, we even met at some meetups, as you mentioned. And yeah, we're we're getting back on track for for the offline events soon. So I can't wait. I'm super excited about it. I think everyone is excited as well, especially the team. And just looking forward about this wonder retreat. Every yeah, the retreat. So uh, we are can't going wait. to the time, I believe so. Yeah, Tagatai, the volcano in a volcano, right? It'll be a great one. I'm excited about it. <laughs> well, um, it will be my first time meeting you. Well, yeah. it'll be a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Me too. And also meeting the whole team. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody. It'll be a great experience. We're going to have action-packed time. And might even do a small meetup for GFA, potentially. I know we need, probably don't have enough time to prepare, but thinking about coming early. And then maybe doing some workshops, talking to Jeanette, our consultant, and maybe do some more for the local community. But of course, people around the world are welcome to come, but maybe just like a one day workshop or something. Maybe Faith, I don't know if you knew about that idea, but maybe we could talk about that too. I love that. And also, I was even thinking, since we already have our team in this retreat, why not have a quick special episode? with the True. team what there we go i love it i love it i'm down i love that just talking about strategies planning how we do just authenticity everything that we do 
when we help any kind of brand that works with us. Again, we are so happy to have all of our clients here right now, especially here with Andres. He's been doing a lot better right now when it comes to the social media presence and everything. And it's because of you, Mike, with your help as well. And we thank you for always being here to guide the team and, of course, Andres as well. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Faith. Really great. So... All right, I think we can wrap up for today and I'm looking forward to doing, we'll have more shows coming very soon. Can I get a um, whole schedule up? Absolutely. And we'll be happy to see everyone and listen. And of course, please do wait for our future podcast. There's a lot coming in. We are moving a lot more this month. It's already October. There's a lot coming in. Please do wait for our upcoming guests and it's, I believe so. You're going to enjoy. It's going to be great. Future. Exactly. And super excited about it. Well, you know where to catch Mike. He has his own blog. Let's support him as well. And you know where to get our socials. It's always here in our description. And again, we are so happy to always have you in our show. We look forward to seeing you again. Everyone have a good rest of your day. See y'all later. See ya. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.